بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى سيدنا الطاهرين Trusting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we start our first session. And first I should ask uh, your apologies for, um, and to accept my apologies for being delayed. And inshallah, we hope that uh, in future we won't have this technical problem. <coughs> uh, still here, the time is uh, between uh, Fajr and sunrise, so it's a blessed time, and inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bless our session. I also hope that you have had chance to get hold of a copy of self knowledge and to go through the first chapter. The idea that, inshallah, we are going to discuss uh, would be uh, based on the book, but not necessarily the same things which are in the book, but we try to follow the order. So there may be some differences, but uh, generally we try to follow the same order. So if you could please study uh, before the lecture, so it would be very helpful. One of the things that we find in every religion is the possibility of formal aspect of religion to become so predominant in the mind of religious people that may, they may forget the and the essence of religion. If we study history of religions and religious communities, we find that in different communities there have been people that sometimes, you know, they may even become the majority of the followers of that religion, that they do their best to perform the rituals they do their best to observe all re legal requirements, but in a spirit, still they are not aware of God. In Islam, we have also this problem. We see people, and maybe I'm included, that try of course not always successfully and perfectly, but try to say the prayer to fast, for example, to go for Hajj, not to violate the regulations of Sharia, but not necessarily reach the level that they can feel tranquil, they can feel peaceful, they can enjoy remembrance of God and the sweetness of that. So, what is important 
is to try to focus in our life on the spiritual aspect of religion as well as the ritual aspect. According to the teachings of Ahlul Bayt as, and as we find in the Sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, himself and in the conduct of the Imams, we find that they were the first to observe all the requirements of Sharia. They never wanted to, for example, be treated especially in the sense that they say, okay, we have reached a level that we don't need to do what you are supposed to do. Like, you know, what some people think that, for example, their masters or their, you know, leaders have reached a point that they don't need to observe Sharia. No. Indeed, there were cases that they were doing extra for example, the Prophet Muhammad was obliged to do tahajjud. For him it was obligatory. If it is recommended for us, it's mustahab. For him was wajib. Everything that he asked us to do, he did the same or even more. Everything he asked us not to do, he himself didn't do. Even the things that we are better not to do, he tried to avoid. So, there is no doubt about this aspect. So, I don't want to underestimate the role of the Sharia and the legal aspect of religion. For sure, that is important and it remains always important, no matter how much progress you have made. But what is important at the same time is that not to forget why we are doing these things we have to understand them and we have to perform them in a spirit of awareness it's very easy to get involved into prayer into salat just as a physical exercise sometimes we pay so much attention to making sure that for example my wudu is correct my dressing is according to the code my pronunciation, reble, all the things which are very important. But I forget that all these are requirements for reaching a position in which you start talking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All these preparations which are very important are to prepare you to stand before God the Almighty and talk to Him. If I forget this last point, and that is why I am doing all this, then it becomes something without any spread. It becomes just like a show. It's not a real prayer. So, in Islam, we have been asked, we have been urged, to be always thoughtful, to do things with understanding, 
and not to be satisfied with any level of knowledge that you have. You have always to look for something more. Even if you can understand a little bit more, you must try to learn it. One of the famous Muslim scholars who was also a mathematician and astronomer was Abu Rayhan Biruni. It is said that when he was dying, he was visited by a neighbor who was a faqih, a jurist. And Abu Rayhan asked him some questions about fiqh. And that person told him, you are going to die very soon. What is the point in asking? And he said, is it better to die while I know or while I don't know? Which one is better? Of course, it's better to die with more knowledge. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, هَلْ يَسْتَوَ الَّذِينَ يَعْلَمُونَ وَالَّذِينَ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ Allah just asks and leaves the judgment to us. Because it's something very clear. Everyone can understand what is the answer. Allah says, هَلْ يَسْتَوَ الَّذِينَ يَعْلَمُونَ وَالَّذِينَ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ Are the people who know and the people who don't know equal? For sure they are not equal. In the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَرْفَعِ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مِنْكُمْ وَالَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْعِلْمَ دَرَجَاتِ Allah raises, elevates the position of the people who have faith and those who have been given knowledge. Allah says also, إِنَّمَا يَخْشَى اللَّهَ مِنْ عِبَادِهِ الْعُلَمَاءِ The only people who have real understanding of greatness of God and feel oh towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are the knowledgeable people. So we need to always try to understand more and more. And interestingly something that we find in the Quran and Sunnah is that one of the most important objects of knowledge is ourselves. It's you know, quite possible that when you start to know and learn and inquire, because you start from here, so you go outside. And you may forget that Indeed, there is something very important here, inside me, that should be known as well. Again, here, I don't want to say that we shouldn't know the external world. What I'm saying is that at the same time, and even maybe prior to that, we should discover the great world which is here. In a poem which is attributed to Imam Ali alayhi salam, of course there is a 
discussion here among the scholars whether the poet is Imam Ali himself or some people say the poet was another person called Ali ibn Abi Talib but not Imam Ali but the idea is acceptable and it is compatible with the sayings of Imam Ali alayhi salam and no matter who has actually said this it is very inspiring and you find it in the book Self-Knowledge on page 46 in the second edition so it is right at the end of the chapter about the benefits of self-knowledge I would like to read this poem for you and explain a little bit what is meant and then uh, we will continue this poem says Dawa'uka fika wa ma tabsuru Wada'uka minka wa ma tashuru Your medicine is inside you, within you but you don't see and your illness also comes from you but you don't understand and this is what we have in hadith your medicine is inside you your illness also is from you if I become ill I mean spiritually ill I shouldn't look for someone else to blame I should know that the problem comes from here and also the solution the way to fix this problem is also coming from here وَأَنْتَ الْكِتَابُ الْمُبِينُ الَّذِي بَأَحْرُفِهِ يَظْهَرُ الْمُضْمَرُ You are the clear manifest book by whose letters the hidden thing becomes clear so there is a secret, there is a hidden jewelry how can you unveil how can you discover this hidden, for example, jewelry or this hidden meaning, this hidden idea by reading the letters of a very important book not a book which is a collection of pages printed no, a book which is here inside us we have to spend some time on reading this book the ideas are imprinted on our heart we have to be patient and then read what is printed here أَتَزْعَمُ أَنَّكَ جِرْمٌ صَغِيرٌ وَفِيكَ الْعَالَمُ الْأَكْثَرُ do you think that you are a small mass while in you there is a greater world and which is interesting that it says Al-Alamul Akbar 
the greater or the greatest in Arabic al-Akbar can be the greater and can be the greatest the greater or greatest it makes no difference because here the greater means the greatest greater and the ex than the external world because we have only two things so the one which is greater becomes the greatest when you are you have only two things the world which is inside us is not only great but rather it is but also it is greater than the external world because the external world despite all the things that we know about it and much more that we don't know about it still we don't know the size of the world there are millions of galaxies even the smallest one is so great that we cannot really imagine because we are only used to the small sizes for us, a journey from one continent to the other continent looks very, you know, long journey. But the whole planet, whole Earth, compared to solar system, galaxy, the solar system is little, and then solar system in the galaxy, and then this galaxy compared to the other galaxies, and still we don't know the end. And there is an idea among some scientists that a seal is expanding. So, no doubt, the external world is very great. But the mystics, and as we see in this poem, believe that still the world inside us is greater. Because the external world, however great it is, it is still physical, it is still material. But the world which is here is spiritual. It has no limit in size. There is a beautiful Hadith Qudsi. You know Hadith Qudsi is a Hadith which is said by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to one of his prophets so it is not revelation in the sense of the Quran or for example Injil or Torah it is not part of the books of the prophets but it is still a word of God and some scholars say that with respect to Hadith Qudsi, the meaning is from Allah, the wording is from the Prophet. But in the case of the Quran, both meaning and the words are from God. In any case, it is a word of God other than the Quran, other than the books. In a Hadith Qudsi, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لا يسعني عرضي ولا سمائي neither my earth nor my heaven can contain me بل يسعني قلب عبدي المؤمن but 
the heart of my believing servant, my faithful servant, can contain me. Allah is unlimited. Allah is infinite. And nothing can accommodate, can contain, can include Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if something is going to have an understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a reflection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is the nearest to his greatness, not exactly what he is. It is the heart of a believing servant. In other words, the greatest thing that we can find in the whole creation, the greatest thing in capacity, is the heart of human beings when it is grown when it is expanded by the power of faith human being has been given infinite unlimited capacity for growth, for knowledge, for goodness, for beauty, for mercy. We never become perfect. We never reach the end of this process. And this is the difference between us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is the perfect Allah is the absolute. There is nothing that Allah lacks. There is nothing that Allah needs to gain. There is nothing more beautiful, more merciful than you can imagine, that you can imagine, than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You see, there is something that if Allah had that one, Allah could have become more beautiful, more merciful, more knowledgeable, more living, more hearing. No. So with respect to Him, everything is absolute and perfect, 100%. But with respect to human being, what we have is not perfect. We never become absolute. We always have our problems and weaknesses and shortcomings, but something similar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that Allah has given us unlimited capacity, infinite capacity for growth. So, we can always grow and develop. We can always become better. We can always go higher and higher and higher. And this is very beautiful. Even the angels didn't have this 
capacity for knowledge, for example. And therefore, when Allah wanted to show them that why Adam is better than them and they should prostrate for Adam, Allah asked them about all the names that he had taught Adam. And they said, Subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma allamtana. May you be glorified. We don't have any knowledge except those that you have taught us. What did they mean? They meant that we were not taught this. Why were they were not taught this? Because they didn't have the capacity for that. Otherwise, Allah would have taught them because Allah is most generous and the only thing that stops Allah giving something is when there is no capacity. This is something that you have to bear in mind. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks for our readiness. Not only us as human beings. Everything in the creation. As long as they can get, as long as they can receive Allah, we give them. We are like different containers. When a very heavy rain comes. Every container will get that much water that it can contain. If there is anything more, it will not be kept. It will go to other containers or it will go and flow on the earth, on the floor, for example. And if you want to compare to uh, the mercy and generosity of Allah to a sh you know, shower, it's, you know, funny. It's much more, much more. The mercy that comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala down leaves nothing unless it is filled. Absolutely filled. So how can I receive more from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? By letting my heart grow. By expanding this container. And there are ways to do that. Inshallah we will talk about it. So, in any case, what I'm trying to say is that the only thing that in the whole creation we know which has greatest capacity, and indeed unlimited capacity, is human heart. And this is why Muslim mystics call the world within us the greater or the greatest world. Al-Alamul Akbar. And the world which is outside us is smaller. In any case, we need to study. We need to try to know more about the creation, whether it is the external world or the internal world. We need to know both. We need to be always balanced. 
we cannot ignore the external world and therefore you see why you know Muslims quickly became top in every science that you could imagine in that time in physics, chemistry, medicine, mathematics, astronomy, biology there was no limit for Muslims for learning soon in every possible discipline at that time the Muslim reached the peak because of Islam's invitation for discovering this world but at the same time that we have to know the external world we have to be able to know the world which is here within us if you please go to page 21 I, I would like to recite this verse from the Quran from chapter 41 number 53 سَنُرِيهِمْ آيَاتِنَا فِي الْآفَاقِ وَفِي أَنفُسِهِمْ حَتَّى يَتَبَيَّنَ لَهُمْ أَنَّهُ الْحَقِّ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says soon we will show them our signs آيات آيات is plural form for آيات آيات in Arabic means sign Allah says we will show them soon our signs in horizons in horizons I mean in the world around them in the external world and in their own souls in themselves until it becomes clear for them that it is the truth or he is the truth of the truth Al-Haq can mean true and can mean truth so Allah says there are signs for understanding truthfulness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala truthfulness of his message in the external world and in the internal world so we need to have two journey two like expeditions two discovery one in the external world and one in the internal world you know in Islam traveling is very much recommended it's very good to travel to go to different places to visit places of the, for example all the nations the nations that may even have been uh, for some reason ceasing to exist either they have been perished and there are some for example uh, remaining um, things from their civilization or 
they may ex still exist, uh, or for example, different tribes, different societies, different communities, different cultures, different races. It's very good to travel or even to go to the nature, for example, to the forest, to the waterfalls, to the rivers, mountains. It's very good. This journey, which is called Seyra al-Faqi, which is called a kind of trip and journey in the external world, is very good. And we can get lots of lessons. We can improve our understanding. We can get lots of experiences, actually. We can become more and more mature, we can become more and more understanding, become wiser. There is nothing that can replace such journeys. But, at the same time, we can also have a journey inside us. Not by bus or by car or by plane or train, but by contemplation by thinking so indeed it's easier and it's cheaper but the problem is that we are not used to it we are used to traveling to different countries or different continents but we are not used to travel inside us and this is a journey that everyone has to embark on for himself or for herself. You cannot, you know, register in a, for example, mm, tour or you know, in a caravan or in a group, and then the group leader take you. Here, the group leader can show you the way, but you have to do it yourself. But in any case, this journey has to be undertaken. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, سَنُرِيهِمْ آيَاتِنَا فِي الْآفَاقِ وَفِي أَنفُسِهِمْ حَتَّى يَتَبَيَّنَ لَهُمْ أَنَّهُ الْحَقِّ Also, in the next, on the, uh, yes, on the next page, page 22, we have these two verses from chapter 51, number 20 and 21. أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ وَفِي الْعَرْضِ آيَاتٌ لِلْمُقْنِينَ وَفِي أَنفُسِكُمْ Allah says, and there are signs on the earth for those who are certain. Those who are doubtful and enjoy to be doubtful, they see the signs and they don't benefit. Those who are certain and appreciate to be certain, those who have the willing for learning, they find signs for Allah in the planet, in this planet that Allah has created on the earth. But at the same time, Allah says, Wafi and Fusikum, and there are also signs for these people in your own souls. And Fusikum, you can translate your own souls or in your, yourself. Because our reality is nothing other than our soul and the spirit. Here I use soul and the spirit in the same way. To know yourself means to you know your spirit. Not just to know your body, your physics. So the same idea that there are signs in the internal world and the external world. And both 
have to be known. So, for this reason, we have to, inshallah, try to increase our understanding of ourselves in addition to all different types of knowledge that we get from different sciences, from different disciplines, by our own you know, inquiries, we have to get familiar with ourselves. And this is very important knowledge, and inshallah, in the next session, we will talk about hadith from the Prophet Muhammad and Imam Ali about the significance of self-knowledge, the significance of ma'rifatun nafs, to know ourselves, to know our spirit. Just, I would love to end this session with this beautiful ayah of the Quran and to request you to reflect about this verse and what lessons we can get from this verse of the Quran. So, till next week, in addition to all the, you know, for example, things that you do in your personal, you know, journey towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and for preparation for this course, reading, whatever, please also try to remember this verse from the Quran. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ولا تكونوا كالذين نسوا الله فأنساهم أنفسهم أولئك هم الفاسقون this is chapter 59, number 19. The verse can be found on page 18. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Do not be like those who forgot Allah. They forgot God. And then God made them forget themselves. This is very important. What does it mean to forget yourself? How can I forget myself? How can I forget my Lord? What is the connection between these two? So please reflect on this verse and inshallah we will talk about it and about hadith as I said about significance of self-knowledge in the next session. Now we are going to inshallah uh, answer to your questions. I have received the first question which says if the heart is the home of Allah why do some hearts become evil and then it becomes the home of shaitan? Yes. A very good question. The answer is given in hadith. al <laughs> فَلَا تُسْكِنْ حَرَمَ اللَّهِ غَيْرَ اللَّهِ Human heart is the sanctuary of Allah, is a holy place that belongs to Allah. الْقَلْبُ حَرَمُ اللَّهِ فَلَا تُسْكِنْ So do not let anyone other than Allah to settle in this 
sanctuary. This is very important. You know, sometimes, for example, a house belongs to someone, then another person goes and occupies that house. So this is not that this doesn't become the house of this person. No, it's the house of the owner. But this person, by force or by deceiving in any way, can go inside the house of another person. The heart belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we have to be careful. We should let Allah to settle here. Not anything other than Allah. Imam Hussein alayhi salam says, Ilahi antalladhi azalta al-aghyara an qulub ahibba'ik hatta lam yuhibbu sawak. O Allah, you are the one who has removed anything other than you from the heart of those who love you or those whom you love. So they don't love anyone other than you. You have filled their heart. As we say, Dua'ikumil. Waj'al qalbi bihubbaka mutayyama. O Allah, please make my heart full of your love. So nothing remains there empty. Everything is filled by the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Of course, I have said, when you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when Allah settles in your heart, then you can love everything for the sake of Allah. You can love your husband, your wife, your children, your friends, your fellow human beings, even animals, plants, everything which is a creation of Allah. You can love them as much as they have relation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you love them in different degrees. But you can love them through Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if you let other things occupy your heart, then they stop you loving the rest. So, briefly, the answer is that the reason for some people becoming evil and their hearts becoming evil is that they have unfortunately let someone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to occupy their heart. The second question is if you become inward looking, is there any fear you can get forget you can uh, forget about the world around you? Yes, if you become too much concerned with this inward looking, there is a danger. And this is why I said we have to be balanced. We have to strike a balance. It's not good that I, for example, sit somewhere and I only try to go inside my own, for example, heart and you know, discover my own self. No. The more you know about the external world also helps you in this journey. The beautiful point is that in your discovering of the external world, your knowledge of the internal world is very important and vice versa.
Because both are two creations of Allah and they supplement each other. A person can have better understanding of the whole world when he has both. So, we must avoid any sort of uh, discrimination to discriminate against, for example, the internal discovery or against the external discovery. Of course, relatively speaking, to know the world inside us is more important. But this doesn't mean that we should be only paying attention to the internal world. We have to have both. The third question is, how do you begin the journey within and explore far and wide? Yeah, this is very important and indeed this is uh, the major theme of our discussion about self-knowledge. How to begin this journey? So, what are the things that we need to know? And what are the techniques that can help us for this? Inshallah, we will talk about this. And of course, I very much also count on your comments and on your, inshallah, contribution. And maybe by reflection on the Quranic verses and hadith, uh, you can come up also with very good ideas that I can learn from you. So I will share my little knowledge and experiences with you. And maybe, inshallah, you also can share your understanding and your knowledge and experience with us. So, inshallah, we will uh, have uh, uh, this important question that you raised all within our mind because this is the major theme of this series of lectures. So, it seems that uh, another question is coming up. Meanwhile, I should uh, thank you for your uh, interest in this important subject. Okay, it seems that uh, still we have uh, only these uh, three questions and inshallah uh, we wait one, two minutes and if there is no question we can end this session. I apologize again for being uh, delayed and we had a problem and inshallah uh, we will be able to, inshallah, start on time from the next week. Uh, there are some more questions to come, hopefully. And I, as I said, we wait uh, two, three minutes, and then we will see what is happening.
Yeah, this question is repeating uh, so far three times. How do you begin the journey within and explore far and wide? Yeah, as I said, this question is uh, the main theme of this series, and inshallah we will talk about it. And just to give you one uh, clue, uh, till inshallah we get. Uh, the next question the very first step for this journey is to become alert is to become conscious of the necessity of undertaking such trip you know if you want to for example travel what is the first step if someone is, for example, going to Hajj, or Ziyara, or business trip, or holidays, or whatever, the very first step is to come to know that you have to undertake such trip or journey. You need. So, by understanding this, by becoming conscious of the necessity of this journey, you have already made a big progress and alhamdulillah I think this is what is there there is none of us who would say no there is no need we don't want to know about ourselves so this understanding that inshallah we will try to cultivate and to grow it is very important and this is something that you should never lose okay question four you mentioned travel but we find that most of the marriage uh, do not travel and some have not uh, yet even stepped outside their houses in a long time therefore are these ulama not depriving themselves of knowledge gained through personal experiences and seeing the world for themselves instead of through the eyes and ears of other people a spiritual travel by itself is not enough yeah okay yeah this is a good question and of course we talked about the things in a general way and we have to know several things first of all when we talk about something, we should try to apply to ourselves. And hardly we would get gain, you know, enough time and opportunity to then go and apply it to other people, because the time is very limited. Uh, as we have in hadith, "Tuba leman shakalat ho'yubu an oyub al well done to those who have become so much preoccupied with their own thoughts that they have less or they have no time actually because as shakalatun is so preoccupied that he doesn't think about the shortcomings or faults of other people so when we talk about the spiritual things uh, we have to always apply to our, uh, ourselves and check ourselves against these things and not going out 
website and see who is you know like this and who is not like this so the first priority is ourselves especially because we cannot judge about other people someone maybe for example never goes to for example a place and I think that for example just imagine someone never goes to for example uh, to Ziara. Um, I shouldn't say that oh this person is a bad person he has never gone to Ziara. I have been myself several times to Ziara. and this man has money this man has you know ability to afford and this and that no when you hear about the significance of going for Ziara, try to apply to yourself don't judge about other people maybe that person has a problem that he cannot go maybe he has for example family problems that he cannot go there may be many reasons that someone cannot go and Allah has not made us judge Allah himself is the only judge and on the day of judgment he himself would judge even on the day of judgment no one else would judge of course maybe some people you know would be somehow involved in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but he is ahkamul akim so we shouldn't allow ourselves to judge about other people but as, as a matter of curiosity sometimes you know questions come to your mind I don't want to blame you know people who have questions but what I'm saying is that uh, from now on whenever we talk about uh, spiritual things so inshallah we should try to apply it to ourselves and don't be judgmental about other people the second thing is that about the ulama who for example have become uh, less uh, you know we can say you know like less uh, able to move and travel again this is uh, something common of course there are different you know um, degrees but more or less when you become older and when you have great responsibilities and you know when traveling also needs lots of preparation so you become less likely to travel but it's not that these people all their life they have not traveled they have traveled and also they have met with many people from different parts of the world and sometimes also the people based on their inspiration and insight they can understand many things sometimes you see a person has not been to one for example community at all but he knows about that community so much that the people in that community don't know and uh, I very much you know find it uh, possible that even for example if we are not able to travel to all parts of the for example Islamic world still we should try to have very deep knowledge of every part and this is possible and also another thing is that about the personality of people for example it is said that uh, Saadi, a 
great poet and Hafez another great poet indeed Hafez is much more you know known for his mystical ideas they both were from the city of Shiraz but Sadi was a person who was traveling a lot and Hafez who is a great mystic everyone in the world knows about Hafez unless that person is ignorant about mysticism otherwise it's very well known it is said that he never traveled and once he wanted to travel and then he became ill so people have different natures different you know conditions but we can talk only in a general way and as I said that it's very important to have this journey outside and this meeting with the people mixing with the people knowing about their cultures experiences needs and so on and so forth the other question is question five in addition to spiritual travel how does traveling in the world helps increase self-knowledge yeah this is very important indeed there are different ways in which traveling even in the external world can help in knowing ourselves i give you some aspects of it for example one of the things that we can understand when we travel is about our weak points and the strong points you know when we are in our normal situation when we are at home for example or in our own town and we have normal life most of the things are regulated and we are somehow become used to it so there is no surprise when you travel especially if it's uh, with some challenges like for example going for Hajj going with a group other than only for example your own uh, family then lots of things come up the way the people behave, the way, for example, you have problems with, you know, transportation, you know, with uh, many things. And this is the best opportunity to know others and to know also yourself. For example, to realize how patient I am, how open I am, how kind and merciful I am, how selfish I am, how jealous I am, how judgmental I am. It's very important. How can I quickly uh, mix with the people? How can I learn from the people? How can I receive from people their comments on me? So there are many things that I can know about myself when I travel and when my normal situation is changed. There are lots of things, good things actually about traveling and also when you travel you meet with people who have experience you meet with people who have with them you can visit scholars ulama you can know about the good experiences of other people you can for example know about other cultures and the rich points that they have so there are many things that we can learn okay there are several things that uh, i should announce and one is that uh, about the your email address so the people who are 
facilitating, facilitating the lectures, they need your email address so that they can keep you updated with the lectures. And also, inshallah, today's lecture will be available on the website tomorrow, inshallah. And next class, inshallah, is next Sunday at 9 p.m. Uh, EST. And also, please provide us with your feedback on this lecture using the email on the website. So, in the website, there is an email. So, please send your feedback. Uh, I stop here. I thank you very much, especially for being patient with the uh, delay that we have, and also for letting uh, this connection between our hearts be made. The whole point is that, inshallah, uh, we can get our hearts connected to each other so that we can have, inshallah, greater capacity for the mercy and light of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to come. Allah loves the people who are very close, whose hearts are united, and who want to be uh, channels of His mercy towards each other and towards others. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala support you and your family and the whole humanity. Wa ashru da'wana and alhamdulillah rabbil alameen.